You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. I am running it up in Reno. James, what are you doing? I'm living up in London. You sound a little hoarse, Joey. You're sounding a little rough. Have they been working you to the bone? Have you been spending many hours on the mic with Jake Harver and crew? I've been doing a few hours on the mic, but also, you know, whenever I'm not on the mic, I'm still, like, at the table, like, working the crowd. So I've just been talking nonstop uh, since I got here. I mean, Monday was a rough day right monday was we did our cast for five hours yeah then i went and did the run it upstream for another f- three or four hours after that it's uh, it's been pretty wild we'll get to all that we'll yeah i was gonna to say most people seem to be running up but in at the same time they're running stapes down stapes is stapes is getting worked but uh yeah we'll talk about all of that coming up on today's show shenanigans here at run it up reno I got the skinny on all of them. There's been tournaments, cash games, social media confrontations. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm kind of sick of drinking. No, that's a good thing. Everyone reaches yeah. that point. Yeah. Uh, I cashed in an event. Woo! I played on a live stream. I am running as bad as ever. Hang on a second. You just talked about cashing in an event. I cashed in the smallest event for the least amount of money. Anyway. We'll, t- we'll get to that in a second. Uh, when I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago, you may remember I did the podcast in there. I met uh, Danielle Anderson, D-Moon Girl. We got along well. She was one of the founding running up celebs. She is here, and I managed to drag her out of bed at 8.55 a.m. <laughs> she is going to be on the show today. Cool. We had the uh, Poker in the Ear uh, Free Roll League back on track on Monday. We're going to talk about that. Uh, since I was on a flight... A long flight from London to Reno. I got a little TV and movies to catch up with you, James. Some things I got to tell you about. Uh, Let's see what else. What else is on today's show? Uh, We've got some social media to get through based on response to last week's show, uh, which everyone was a fan of Eric. And because of him last week running a little long, we pushed Superfan to this week. Christian Toms is on this week. Highlander is the movie. Uh, I will give you my thoughts on Highlander later on when we get to Christian's uh, thing. Sure. Because I want to talk about stuff that I actually liked. Because okay. Highlander was awful. Because <laughs> you had a long flight, obviously. I guess uh, two flights. London to Los Angeles and then Los Angeles to Reno. Yes. And you know what? I was happy about it because I started season three of Fargo. I haven't seen season the- two yet. I really enjoyed the first season. And I know that the second season is kind of a flashback. It's like the, the younger version of uh, the cop's dad, right? It's so much more than that. It is so much more than that. It is season two is is fucking brilliant. It is so much better than season one. And I think, in my opinion, season three is even better. Wow. Than season two. It wow. is. I watched it in its entirety. You binged the entire season. The entire 10 episodes of Fargo between leaving London and arriving in Reno. It is fantastic. Fantastic. It's so good. And I would love it if, if, if anybody wants to talk about it privately, because I don't want to spoil it. I, I have some questions. It's on questions it's on my list, Joe. Show. As I said, I've got seasons two and three to watch. It's so much TV to get through. Um, but eventually I will watch it. So I'll happily, happily talk to you about it. 
I did finish Better Call Saul Season 4, so we can talk about that if you want. Spoiler-free, obviously, because I appreciate not everyone is going to be up to speed. Um, again, I'm still thoroughly enjoying the show. I do kind of feel that it has a maximum of one more season in it. I feel that Season 5 surely has to be the last. Otherwise, we're going to get... Well, it's almost going to like get people in their starting positions for Episode 1 of Breaking Bad. Yeah, I don't really see where else it can go. But also, uh, you say spoiler-free. I don't feel like there are any big spoilers. No, uh, I guess not. And that's not. a spoiler in and of, its, in and of itself. But um, season four of Better Call Saul does not end on like any sort of real climax or story point. A, a, a small one. No, I think mean, it's quite a significant was... one. It's quite a significant one. His law license is back, and he has decided that he's no longer Jimmy McGill. He is now Saul Goodman. Right, but uh, see, that is where the the prequelness of it, like that, that was going to happen. It's, there's That's an inevitability. A... But what right. I like about this show is that yes, we know the eventual fate of characters like Mike and Gus Fring. Uh, we know what's going to happen to most of the Salamanca family. But what we're still not sure yet is how Jimmy, who has now rebranded himself as Saul, is going to become the character that we see in Breaking Bad. And clearly something has to happen during the fifth, presumably final season. And yeah. surely it's going to be related to his it's relationship be, with it, Kim. It's going to be Kim. Something terrible is going to happen to Kim. It's the only way that you fully turn uh, Jimmy into Saul. So I'm really dreading that moment. And and that moment does not come in season four. Um, James, uh, I, I, we had an afternoon off when I was in London because of uh, just some scheduling stuff. We ended up doing voiceover session, doubling up one day and then having a day off. Uh, and so I went to go see Bad Times at the El Royale. This is a weird one because I see the posters, I see the trailer, and this movie, this looks completely polarizing. I figure it's either going to be awesome or a total dumpster fire. So please tell me it's the former and not the latter. It is it is bordering on awesome. Like okay. I loved it. I thought it, it. I thought I saw that movie and I was like, wow. Sorry, not the movie. The the trailer, right? Yeah. And you're like, man, this sets the bar pretty high. This is a really cool setup to a movie. Very creepy vibe. Very. It's it's pretty fucking good. Some people are complaining that it's long. I've read a couple of think pieces about like no more two hour and twenty minute movies. This movie really sailed for me. It did okay. not seem very long, but. Like you, I had to go to the bathroom. Is the only reason I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is this is kind of this is kind of dream." Yeah, uh, and, kinda, and, I, and I, therein I lies why I, I prefer watching films at home because you have a pause button. Yeah, yeah, but so, I, but I stuck it out, and it's great. I really okay. Liked it. Well, I I continue to watch films at home, and I'm catching up with some movies that have been in the cinema and are now on various TV and streaming platforms. Uh, I watched The Post, Steven Spielberg's film about the Washington Post, the Pentagon Papers, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks. Very good. Gets a little bit too sentimental in the last half hour, which some Spielberg movies can do. But yeah. I, I I very much enjoyed it. However. This I had the same feeling about this movie as I had about First Man. Remember we talked about that movie a couple of weeks back and I said that throughout watching First Man and admiring and appreciating a lot of things about it, it just reminded me of a much better movie, the right stuff. And this was the same thing. It just reminded me of a much better movie, All the President's, All the President's Men. Men. Yeah. yeah, And it just made me want to rewatch that film. Um, so good, but not great. And I would say the same thing about The Disaster Artist, the film with the Franco brothers about the making of The Room, where it was fine, but Again, not great and not a film I can ever see myself rewatching. I have to give credit to James Franco, though. He captured Tommy Wiseau perfectly. 
I, I found them, you know, uh, and again, this is another thing. Like, uh, these guys make movies that I think are more appealing to people that live in Hollywood and make movies. Um, so I really like The Disaster Artist. I can understand that if, like, because The Room was a phenomenon when I yeah. lived there. Uh, you know, I, I I lived through this, uh, this movie being released, and it still plays in a theater to this day every week. It has its own dedicated uh, showing well, the in weird Los thing Angeles. Is, I don't know whether you know this. I think you can get it on disc, but it's not on any streaming platform. You can't rent it from Amazon or from iTunes because Tommy Wiseau wants people to go to the cinema to see it. And that's why they have these midnight events at cinemas across America and indeed at some cinemas in Europe because that's where he wants it to be seen. Yeah. And so uh, I've actually never seen the movie, but it's kind of just always been a, an L.A. legend. And uh, seeing how that all went down was pretty interesting to me. And the other movie I watched, not new, not for the first time for me either, I decided to revisit Edge of Tomorrow and remind myself how fucking awesome this film is. And it, I don't understand don't understand how this film underperformed at the box office because to me it has everything you've got tom cruise and emily blunt who are two really solid leads you've got an amazing story it's enthralling throughout and uh yeah i think it is one of the the best action movies of the last decade yeah you know how i feel about this one this one was my top movie of that year maybe my top movie of, of those couple years i think a couple things hurt it obviously bad title and i think you know t i think tom cruise does hurt some movies sometimes i know lots of people that just don't want to go see tom cruise in a movie now the fact that he overcomes this occasionally too when people come out in droves to see mission impossible yeah uh, obviously there's an argument against what i'm saying but um i i actually rewatched it recently too uh with the new girlfriend i was like hey i don't think i've seen this movie since the year it came out will you watch this with me and it's just man it's a masterpiece it, no. you know it's an action movie and so um, it's never going to really get the full recognition it deserves, I don't think. At some point, we're going to have to talk about the ending because I'm still unsure about how I feel about the ending. Part of me really, really likes it and part of me thinks it's supremely naff. But as we always say, endings it's, uh, are hard. The ending is uh, they did what they could to make it a happy ending, yeah. um, and which was fine with me. But also, it, it kind of bends its own rules a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, star code, Twitter spat, T-W-I-T-T-E-R-S. S P A T. Um, so many, so many tweets about last week's podcast. Uh, we talked about this when we streamed on Monday, Joe. It was a very different edition of Poker in the Ears for us. It had more of a serious tone. The interview was close to an hour rather than the normal 20, 25 minutes that we would give a guest. But, but Eric had not just one, but several very interesting stories to tell. And I'm pleased that so many of our regular listeners enjoyed hearing those stories. Same. Yeah, it was great to, uh, to get such a good response. I like the fact that we have a strong community and nobody wrote in with any fucking bullshit or nonsense tagging us or, or Eric in it about, you know, he said that sometimes he gets some hate. I'm glad none of that came from any of our listeners. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was cool. It was cool to do something kind of serious for a minute and, uh, you know, just, uh, tell a really good story for once. Well, let's segue from something serious into something utterly ridiculous. Let's talk about Joe's adventures, running it up in Reno. Raise your bet, lay it all on the line. I'll be worth every dime. I tell you, put your money on me. Play it smart, feel the heat. When I grab the dice and let them go, I'll hit every single roll. I tell you, 
Put your money on me. Great choice. Great choice of music here. This is very Reno. This is, <laughs> this is very Reno. So I get here late Friday. I, tell, I told you guys on the stream that uh, I end up staying up late gambling with Fenton and Spraggy the yep. first night. The second day, I get up. Uh, noon is the mini main. Uh, I run up a pretty good stack in the mini main, $440 mini main. Uh, huge stack to start off with. Then I run full house into quads. Never really recover. Bust out of that. Then I jump in a $125 horse tournament, which I even have less idea how to play. <laughs> and no limit hold them, which isn't saying much. But that was cool because no expectations, right? Like I didn't – if I went broke immediately in the horse, I'd be like, cool. I don't really know what I'm doing. Our dealer was so slow in the horse tournament that we were still on the second game in like level four. It was amazing. <laughs> um, then the next day, uh, I want to play the $235 black chip bounty tournament. By the way, this just sounds like an utterly awesome trip. This is supposedly work. And all you've done so far is just hop in a series of poker events and hang out with people drinking. Yeah, so that was Jason's whole thing. He was like, "Look, I, he's like, I want you here, but I want you to be to hang out and play poker and also do commentary. In fact, I don't want you to do that much commentary. We got a ton of streamers here, so they didn't even schedule me for commentary until Monday. So Sunday, I go to register for the two hundred thirty-five dollar bounty tournament, and I get talked into playing a ninety-dollar six-handed satellite where they're going to give away two seats." And I'm like, uh, I don't know. This is just going to end up costing me two thirty five plus ninety now. Yeah. And he uh, he convinces Fintan to play the satellite also. Well, I play the satellite really badly and win it. Why? So for me and Fintan. So and then Fintan couldn't play because he had to do commentary. So he sold his seat at a discount. Um, I use the fact that I satellited in to re-enter. Of course. So I did spend two thirty-five. Of plus course 90. you did. <laughs> I got exactly zero bounties. Did not cash. Later that night, I played the partners event with Spraggy. Oh, how did Finton feel about that? Finton was fine with it. Basically, I'd asked Lex if he wanted to play with me. Finton obviously was going to play with Spraggy, but then Finton and Lex were on commentary when it kicked off, and we were like, "Yeah, let's just play without them." I just have visions uh, of Lex going, "Fuck no." No, Lex said yes. I embarrassed the hell out of Lex. Uh, when Lex walked into the room when he arrived, I was at the, like the last table, so he had to walk all the way through all the tables to get to me, and I just started clapping. Like I stood up and started clapping as he walked across the room, and obviously the entire room is just staring at me and him, and his face is beat red Nice. by the time he was so mad at me. So we played a partner's event, did not cash. Well, so then, far this is standard <clears throat> Stapleton fair. Standard Stapleton. Then uh, Jason uh, has been organizing these rake-free cash games for the community to go play in the cash room. And we, he taught us all this game called Taiwanese Poker. James, it's wonderful. It's what it's a wonderful game. It's you get dealt seven cards, right? Uh, and then you set your hand one card on the top, two cards in the middle, four on the bottom, and the four on the bottom is an Omaha hand. And then the, the dealer deals out a board. And then you play against each other the way you do in Chinese. So you've got one card on the top, and you make up your best hold'em hand out of six cards. Right. Two cards in the middle, you make your best hold'em hand out of seven cards. Yep. Four cards in the bottom, you play two of them and three from the board and for an Omaha. Does hand. it have to follow the usual rules of Chinese poker that the bottom hand has to be strongest, nope. followed by the middle and the top? Nope. Just literally the nope. best hand you can make with the combinations it, available. 
Yeah, anything you want. And so uh, you 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 can misset your hand, but like if you're going to get dealt quads, you you can't mess that up. In and principle, so, this sounds like a lot of fun, but it also sounds like it's going to cause a major headache. It is a bit of a headache because everyone's like, I have this, I have this, I have this. And then the people are just paying each other, throwing chips back and forth across the table yeah. uh, at the end of every hand. So as long as you have like a table captain who's like being like, you owe three points, you owe this. And there's bonuses based on high hands. Super fun. Jason told me to buy in for a uh, hundred points. And he said, if I ran really bad, I would lose a hundred points. I lost a hundred points in the first half hour. <laughs> And then I lost another 150 points over the next <laughs> three hours. Super fun, but you ran like Stapleton. Ran like Stapleton. Then they did a tournament for Taiwanese the next night, which I jumped in really quickly with 10 points. I didn't realize. I bought in for 10 points by the time I got in the Taiwanese, Taiwanese poker tournament. But when I finally did some work was Monday night. The $235 shootout event, I kicked off the coverage for that. It was me uh, and Spraggy and Jeff Gross and Kevin Rob Martin and uh, Jamie Staples and everyone's cycling in and out. But on the podcast, we at least are honest about the chip in a chair thing, right? That's like our secret one time. Yes, we, I won't. we obviously, we have been trolling the poker world right. for numerous years with our assertion that Joe created the phrase chip in a chair. And when people try to bring up evidence that Jack Treetop Strauss came up with in the early 80s, we come up with all this bullshit about how Wikipedia has yes. been hacked, how it's nonsense. It was never used before 2009. Now, I'd like to think that the vast I majority... Say I changed it to 2011 now to make it even more I think obvious. at one point we even went to 2013. Yes. We changed the year. It's obviously a bit, but bizarrely... And it's a, it's a small number of people just don't realize that it's clearly a, a routine and they take it seriously and they get really, really angry. Yes. And so this was, un this was so much fun. If you guys can go back and rewatch the coverage of this. So I'm on with Kevin, Rob Martin, right. And Jeff Gross. And I do the chip in a chair bit. And Kevin at first, um, doesn't get it. And is, uh, like, kind of questioning me. And I would, then all I would have put he, money on Jeff Gross being the one who thought you were well, being no, honest. It's, e it's even better. So then Kevin does catch on and starts talking about, oh, he had just never even heard <laughs> all it takes to chip in a chair until this moment. That's even better. Good job, and Kevin Martin. Yeah, he, he crushes it. And he's like, wait, explain it again? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then Jeff believes both of us. Oh, this is amazing. Jeff, I mean, Jeff doesn't think I invented it, but he thinks I think it. And he and he totally believes Kevin. Oh that Kevin's God. never heard it before. And Jeff's like, really? You've, how have you never heard that before? And it was just fucking unbelievable. I love it. Absolutely we, love it. We uh, <laughs> trolled Jeff on the broadcast. Let's get to the big thing. The so Moneymaker Tour was there, right? Yeah, Moneymaker Tour happened yesterday. was uh, a one-day event, as usual, $86 buy, and they had 825 entries. Can I, um, can, I, can, I, can I read the text that you sent me last night, Joe, about your feature table appearance? Yes. <laughs> so Joe is obviously very proud that he's going to get some camera time uh, on the feature table. And 
Joe's, Joe's response is that going to the feature table with a 33 big blind stack, not going to play a hand, going to grind out some camera time. And my <laughs> advice was to do a Maria L and just tank on every single decision on every single street. To which Joe responds, I'm playing Kings Plus. Seriously. <laughs> Obviously, I, I, I was not able to, to stick to that because I was never dealt Kings Plus. Um, and I did my absolute best to play as tight as I could, which I think is maybe what you're supposed to do in general. Yeah, tight is right. Yeah, and so I folded deuces and I folded a couple of big blinds that I could have min peeled um, until eventually I got it all in. Uh, Ace Jack against uh, Ace 10 against King Queen, King on the flop. Then I'm left with about seven big blinds. Get it all in. Ace nine against King Jack. And again, I do not win when I am ahead. Typical stapes. Everyone was pretty bummed. It was a fun feature table. It was honestly, James, I enjoyed being at the feature table so I bet you did. Much. It was really fun. I bet you did. You loved it. But um, this was a one day event, right? This money. One day made- event. So I cashed. Okay. In the event. I had ten percent of our old friend Brent. And Brent uh, finished like uh, 30th. I finished in like 120th. How or many something. runners in this thing then? 825. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and they just, paid. That's, that's pretty close to the field size in the World Series of Poker the year that Chris Moneymaker won it. Oh, yeah, what was it? More like 1,000, though, right? No, it was right. 830, I think. Oh, really? Oh, wow, that's cool. Oh, that's really cool. So, um, but yeah, so the final table. Uh, got down to a, a bunch of people from the the run it up community, which is cool. You know, that's what what Jason wants. And then uh, it got to heads up between this guy named Marty, who's a big poker fan and goes to a lot of run it up events, and uh, a name that if you are sort of in our community, you've heard a lot lately, Nathan Manuel. Manuel, Manuel, Manuel. Yeah, this um, this was eight hundred and thirty nine. By the way, I just decided to look it up. So very close uh, field size. Uh, this is an incredible story, by the way, this guy. I first came across him in Barcelona. Um, he was there at the EPT because he was competing in Jamie Staples' Ultimate Sweat Challenge. This guy was determined to win a Platinum Pass. He went to the um, London event at the Hippodrome, and he fired off multiple bullets there. He entered Jeff Gross's blogging competition. He entered Jamie's competition. And finally finally bagged his platinum pass by besting this field in the moneymaker tour event nathan had a name for what he was doing or rather that name was given to it which was chasing platinum which i always thought was a really unfortunate name because to me chasing platinum sounds like a euphemism for when you're constipated and you've got a really hard turd that you're trying to get out what? oh i'm chasing platinum um but anyway interesting nathan achieved his goal and I'm really pleased for him because here was a guy who was traveling around the world, taking every single opportunity to try and get a 25k entry to the PSPC, and now he's got it. Yeah, he was—he's over the moon, man. I, I, you know, you'd think he won the main event. He was super happy, and um, yeah. So they they discussed a deal at one point, and uh, Marty wanted a significant amount of money for the platinum pass. He wanted uh, like 20k plus the 5k travel money wow and uh at that point to me it kind of felt like the pass was being bought rather than being won and i didn't really seem to be like in the spirit of what nathan was going for uh so they eventually decided no deal and nathan won so uh, it was awesome and 
everyone's super happy for him. The rail is happy. Uh, just the whole run up thing. It was, it was a very fitting ending for what, you know, for this event in this community. So I didn't know that Danielle Anderson was part of the whole run up team. I very much associate Danielle with that documentary that came out a few years ago, bet race fold, which was about poker, online poker in America, kind of pre and post black Friday and how her life was affected by that. I didn't realize she'd got involved with running up. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, because it was such a blip on the online poker radar, but it was Ultimate Poker. It was her and Jason and uh, Dan O'Brien were the first three ambassadors that Ultimate Poker had. And so when Run It Up became a thing, Dan and Danielle were sort of the first two VIPs that started coming to these events. And uh, she stuck around and she's got a legacy here. The karaoke event is all about her. But let's just talk to her about it. Danielle. Hello. Hey, thanks. Welcome to my hotel room. That's right, everybody. Danielle's in my hotel room. And due to technology limitations, she can't hear James. So this is going to be a conversation between me and you. I know James was the selling point. Yeah, no, I know. You kind of tricked me. It was like the bait and switch. Yeah. Come to my hotel room early in the morning. You said I'm not a morning person, and I hate to be a dick, but the story's really checking out. No, I've, I'm pretty uh, glad there's no video here. That was actually one of those selling points. Cause video would have had to be a no-go. I'm not. I rolled out of bed 15 minutes ago. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I'm half awake. It. So I have an excuse for everything stupid I say. This is a long-winded way of me saying thank you for getting up early in the morning because... You're welcome. You know what? I really don't. This is kind of like a sacrifice on my part. I, I don't do this for many people. I'm very but protective of my sleep. You are going to go back to bed, though. Oh, 100%. Okay, good. Uh, good to hear it. So, uh, so, but last night was not a, a crazy one, right? No, last night wasn't a crazy. It was a rare off night at the Reno Pepper Mill where I wasn't drunk or hungover. So, uh, decided to you take it easy. Snuck away. Yeah, we have a big night tonight, karaoke night. Yeah, tell me about karaoke night. It's based. Uh, this is your event. Well, when they first, when Jason first started doing this run it up stuff, um, I would come and one night we would always sneak away and go to a karaoke bar, and. It ended up being a fan favorite. And then the Peppermill was like, uh, you're kind of taking all these people off of our property. What the hell? So they started hosting the karaoke night. So yeah, it kind of was my, you know, labor of love. So uh, my, my job here is Jason basically brings me here to get everybody drunk and to have fun at karaoke. So I got one job. Take it very seriously. And I'm very good at it. See, James, part of my job is to get people drunk. Huh. It's a true story. See, let's take it back to the beginning of your affiliation with uh, the whole running up gang, because was it a ultimate poker thing? Yeah, it was kind of all, I think it started weird with ultimate poker. Um, I mean, Jason had kind of, you know, been doing this and I don't really know where exactly the ultimate poker run it up line kind of, but yeah, it was Jason's back good in at those that. days. He's good because now there's the run it up poker. Yeah, it kind of like know. merges. No, yeah. he's very good at his, uh, his branding and not, you know, uh, but yeah, Jason and I kind of became friends when. Uh, I first, you know, started with Ultimate Poker. We clicked pretty, uh, pretty shortly, and yeah, he's been. I've tried to come to as many of these events as I can, and it's always a good time. It's just people like legitimately enthusiastic about poker, like they're just excited about poker. They really are, and I, I didn't know what to expect. Not that I was worried at all, but the just the pure positive energy that exists both uh, in the room uh, with everyone playing live poker here and on. Uh, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Like there's, I see no negativity. No, whatsoever. it's legit. It's legit. He's built. It's really actually cool. What Jason's done. He's, he's legitimately built like a community and uh, it's kind of a place for these 
people to belong and they don't necessarily have to be you know the most skilled at poker the greatest at poker they, they come from you know all um you know skill levels and they just it's yeah it's I, it's hard to explain to people if you haven't been here but if you're like a fan enjoy socializing enjoy you know being a fanboy fangirl this is like a great place to just come and have some fun something they didn't tell me which i'm not even sure i should say it there's a bar in the tournament room it's just an open bar 24 7 you just you can just <laughs> i think walk you're up. allowed to say that i think okay. okay i mean that's ridiculous like and the scary part is that that bar is on the same floor as my room i don't even have to get in an oh, elevator man, i can yeah. just walk down the hallway so that's, and, you could just you could just like get out of bed and walk down and get a drink and just walk back to you exactly and i haven't done that yet <laughs> For the but record. i might but i've been thinking about it uh let's uh so you kind of became known because of the documentary right yeah i was kind of just this random chick playing high stakes poker you know uh before anybody knew who i was like my screen name was demon girl but Nobody actually believed I was a female. I was going to say, probably everyone's. Yeah, I wasn't a part of any community. I didn't, you know, post on 2 plus 2. I didn't have any poker friends. I was just this lone wolf kind of. I didn't even really know that it was. You didn't know that there was a poker community. I didn't know that it was. Well, I I knew, like, I would browse some 2 plus 2, like, you know, kind of later on. In the very beginning, I literally didn't know there was a poker community. Um, Before the documentary, you know, probably last year. So I I at least known enough to like I browse two plus two occasionally, but um, I didn't even really know that it would be considered out of the ordinary that I was a chick. Like I didn't know it was a big deal, you know. You didn't know you were one percent. Yeah, I didn't know that I was. I was just like, oh, I'm just here playing poker, clicking buttons. Like, what's the big deal, you know? Um, so yeah, the documentary was kind of one of my first, you know, kind of unveiling people. Like, whoa, what the hell? Um, is that how you are in general when it comes to being a woman? That like you just think it's normal. I mean. No, I, I think that I'm more aware, you know, obviously more aware now. It's just at the time, I just didn't really put that much thought into it. I was just doing my thing and just, yeah. you know, like, um, just wouldn't have really seen it as like that big of a deal. And uh, I remember I played just for fun. I came to play my first uh, World Series of Poker event and I was sitting next to this kid talking to him all day and uh, it was Kane Callis. And, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, we had played a lot against each other online but you know we talked all day about realism he said something online i was like oh i play online too you know and and he's like oh cool and i was like what's your screen name and he said oh nascar you know 1949 or whatever and i was like oh i played you i'm d1 girl and he's like the look on his face he's like no you're not and i'm like yeah well, yeah we play each other all the time and he's like you're fucking kidding me you know and then he's like texting his friends his friends are like wanting to bet him they're like no this his friend like he literally won a bet off of it like one of his friends is like well, how would you no even know to way. make that up first of all if you weren't yeah i, I think his, his friend like thought that it was i mean which is kind of hysterical it's how like, did you prove that how what was the i mean how do you prove it i'm like i played yeah we played this hand and this hand and this. Oh, okay. i mean like you know i uh but his friend thought that for sure it was like my boyfriend or husband or something you know she's <laughs> like um so yeah i guess you know the documentary that was kind of when people first in a large scale kind of put the screen name to a female which you know was pretty rare at the time right I think as as far as I know, I think I was the only chick that was playing. So like what 25, stakes 50. are we taking? 25, 25, I was playing 50. 25, 50, no limit for the most part by that time. Um, so, I mean, I couldn't make it at 25, 50, no limit online these days. I think, you know, I uh, Black Friday was maybe a really weird blessing in disguise for me personally, because at some point. You think that so had Black Friday not happened, everybody would have gotten so good that even now would be a struggle, even if there was still the gigantic player pool. Yeah, I think so. I think that I was. Uh, I mean, you know, I've been I've been playing poker for 
14 years for a living now. So not to take anything away from myself. I mean, that's, that's an accomplishment, but um, the level that the people are at nowadays, you know, I'm, I'm just not the robot computer that's going to be plugging numbers into solvers, you know, yeah. for six hours, you know, four times a week just to like get better. Um, so eventually I think that, you know, I would have been surpassed in skill and that's probably would have been an expensive lesson. To I was going to say, it probably would have cost you a fair bit of money before you. Ended yeah. Up I mean, doing... at what point do you think you're on a downswing versus oh shit, they've gotten better than me, you know? Yeah. So, I just know uh, it definitely would have happened. I, you know, I, I don't, I guess I'm not completely familiar with the skill. It wouldn't have happened days, right but... away though. It just accelerated because of Black Friday, though, right? Because yeah, it just I mean, kept who knows when players. it would have happened. I'm just saying that it yeah. would have happened eventually. And it, at 25-50 no limit, it probably would have been an expensive, you know, realization. So if there was going to be a, a Where Are They Now sequel to that, like, what what have you done to make up that income from Black Friday? I mean, obviously, you're still a professional poker player. What, what is it now? Uh, I guess it's the number one thing that's changed is I've completely transitioned to live. And I moved to Las Vegas, which... Uh, both are things that I absolutely love. I think um, moving to Las Vegas is probably the best thing. I can I handle living in Vegas. See, yeah, people, it gets, people either love it or hate it. I, to me, it's like home. I love it. I live in a really quiet, family-oriented neighborhood that's like, you know, 20, 25 minutes from the Strip. Um, I say that Las Vegas is like representative of me because I live this very normal existence where, you know, you, you like, it's just like everybody else, but the madness is like always within reach. It's just like right there. Yeah. So it's like a Tuesday and I feel like, you know, getting a little crazy. It doesn't matter. It's Vegas. You do whatever you want. You know, do but, you occasionally get a little crazy on a Tuesday. I mean, very rarely. It's actually funny. I, I, I party and do less in Las Vegas than I, you know, have at any other point in my life. Um, you know, when so, I go when on, like, the, on road, the road, yeah. Yeah. Like when I walk into a place, you know, like Peppermill and I'm, you know, I, I got no kid. My husband's not here. You know, it's like, yeah, like, but I'll, you know, I'll get after it for sure. But, um, I just really, really like my life in Las Vegas. So I don't, uh, you know, like my, I oh, man, I've turned into like a boring adult, but I, my favorite night is just one at home chilling with the family on the couch. You know, like I don't, don't really have that desire to get out and go crazy as, as often. So it's, well, funny. it's like, People, what, what is the best that could happen a lot of the time? You know, you're, well, I mean, it's, best case scenario. I mean, don't get wrong. There's there's a place for it. I've definitely had some great fun nights in Las Vegas, but uh, people have this perception that you live in Las Vegas and you're just, you know, parting your ass off all the time. But which for some people, you know, that can happen. I have seen some people come and, you know, burn out pretty quickly. It but... would be dangerous for me. I, I'm finally getting to the age where I don't, I'm tempted every yeah, single second I mean, of every granted, day. But <laughs> it could have been a different story if I moved to Las Vegas in my early 20s. You right. Know? But uh, as someone over the 30 year old, fresh mark you know yeah it's just, I think it's, it's fine just get a little tired yeah i love it it's great great uh, living great food when it's you awesome. say that your ideal night is at home hanging out with the family what what kinds of things you guys do together how old is your son 13 uh, my, my son just turned 11 11 so uh i like movies my husband likes to fall asleep during movies so it's kind of this is like that frustrating for you i want to uh it. used to be yeah and now wake up. we've gotten to a point where it's just more this is the usual fucking suspect comical oh, wake up there's a pretty popular like one of my probably most everybody loves it my favorite instagram post ever was was one night we he he wanted to watch a movie because he knew i wanted to wanted to but he always falls asleep and i'm like no what's the point you're gonna fall asleep he's like i'm not gonna fall asleep and i'm like you're 100 percent gonna fall asleep 
And he goes, if I fall asleep, you can give me a Charlie horse. And I'm like, all right, if you fall asleep, you can give me a Charlie horse. He, he's sleeping and I'm next to him. And I get this, like, I have the camera and I get this diabolical look on my face. And then I do. I just give a big old Charlie horse. <laughs> he's you so give your husband a, a leg cramp What's that? for the like, purposes of social media. Well, it, I mean, he told me to do it. Oh so God. what was I to do, you know? But it was it was hysterical because he, like, you know, jolts awake as you would if somebody, you know, digs their elbow into your thigh. And at first he, like, looks at me and he's like, fucking damn. God, and then I start laughing, and he realizes it's funny, and he's like, "Oh, it's pretty great." I don't think I would come to the realization that it's funny, but that's why you guys see—you guys really <laughs> do seem to be a pretty good match. And the times I spent with you—I mean, you. you have to understand, it's not like I just did this. He—it was this was part of the deal. He told me to do it. I told him I was going to do it if he did. It was, you know. He's like, "Fair." He's like, "That's fair." I said, you "Yeah." Do it. I mean, it was reasonable. It was like a contract. That's good. That's good. You have a reasonable right that you have, <laughs> just get along that well. So but, yeah, no, we just we hang out. Um, my son, he's. He has a new virtual reality gaming set. Ooh. So that's kind of a thing that we do a lot now. Do you worry about what he's doing in there and that helmet? I mean, no, it's in the open. It's pretty out there. So it's, <laughs> I would be more worried about what he's doing on the computer, you know? Yeah. The virtual reality, like that's a little There's more. not a lot of trouble you can get into in virtual reality at this point, but it's coming soon. I mean, I think that there is. You you definitely could. I've, I've seen. Really? I mean, not on my virtual reality. Right. You've heard of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> there was a dealer at the um, poker table that actually had it on his phone and uh hold on it's gonna take some notes yeah, real quick if you could just give me a website sounds like this is, yeah. this is gonna be exactly <laughs> let me just say that my kind of thing reality porn is the future of it, it's a porn is always driving technology we know this we know that's the only reason why streaming video exists in the first place is because yeah, that makes sense yeah. motivation you know it's weapons and porn is what uh, ends up driving <laughs> uh, technology most of the time let's go back to poker for a second so you move to las vegas you're live pro and what stakes are we playing in vegas um, I play anywhere from 510 to 5,100. I mean, I, I'm one of those people, I think that uh, one of my strengths as a poker player is I have no problem assessing the games and looking at, okay, where's my best hourly right now? Yeah. And then going to that, I think that there's a lot of people that like, they have this pride thing where like, oh, I have to play the biggest game that's running right now. Cause you know, I can't be seen playing 510. And I just think that that's stupid. Like right. um, when I go to play poker, it's like, I'm there. I, you know, it's a little bit of a drive for me. So it's like, I want to put in my hour somewhere. So, you know, a game like 510, I can pretty indiscriminately just like sit and play. Um, you said you typically play short sessions too, right? So I guess that's, uh... well, not always like super short. I mean, if I, if I go there, I'm usually there, you know, I'd say average is probably six to eight hours, but I mean, there's, oh, okay. Yeah. There's times when like, you know, just, uh, this last Saturday into Sunday, I played a 20 hour session and that's like pretty uncommon for me these days. I don't do that too often, but, um, sometimes, you know, table conditions just kind of call for it. And, and when you say table conditions call for it, is that both mean when things are going really bad and really good, or just, is it more weighted to really good? Uh, not even results oriented, just like what the lineup is and, you know, what I think I, you know, I kind of equate it to there's sometimes where there's players in the game that make my hourly, you know, it's kind of like being paid overtime only it's like six X overtime, you Bonus. know, so it's like I can suffer through this and stay. And even if I, you know, yeah, there's definitely deterioration in your game. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, your C minus game is going to be more profitable than your A game, you know, depending on what the lineup Who you're is. playing against. That yeah. Makes sense. So, um, you know, like this last weekend I stayed that long and I was actually winning. So it wasn't like I was just buried and chasing losses. 
it was just like, all right, can I dig in for another hour? Can I do it? You know? And people have no problem continuing to give you money when you just start sitting there with tons and tons of profit. Like nobody else wises up. Well, I mean, it's not like I'm the only one making profit. I mean, it's, you know, I haven't, I haven't asked them how they feel about me winning and it doesn't always go that way, but I mean, but you don't have a problem this getting a game. That, this particular one was, you know, a, a whole cast of characters that just kept rotating. It was like, I wanted to leave. And then I was like, God damn, like, you know, like, could you bring in some professionals so I can justify leaving? Right. It just wasn't happening. How hard is it to make that assessment of people? Because everyone thinks, well, this game is really good. And then it takes yeah, a certain amount of self-assessment to be like, oh, no, no, no. This game actually isn't very good. I just want it to be. Yeah, I think that's something you definitely learn from experience. Because when I first uh, transitioned live poker and moved to Vegas, I definitely like fell into that trap. I'd find myself just like, you know, being like, oh, game's too good. I'm going to be home a little late, you know, game, whatever. And then I was like, you know, this is happening more often than it probably should. Yeah. Um. So I've definitely reined that in because poker's always going to be there. And especially a lot of times, I think like for me, I fall into that trap when there's somebody who's maybe not as skilled and they, but they've like irritated me and it's like a revenge. Yes. thing. Like, no, like I can't leave when this fucker has chips. Like I yes. want them, you know? Um. So you kind of got to keep that in check. But I think all those things just come with experience. Right. So uh, just to wrap up the poker stuff, I'm going to play a dumb game with you in a few minutes. But uh, if you could have gone on forever pre-Black Friday Mm -hmm. or now seeing what your life is like now, a little quieter and you play poker live and on your own terms, which which do you think you would have done if you could have stayed back there? Oh, I think um, I'm not glad I'm not going to say I'm like glad Black Friday happened because I know that it. A terrible effect on a lot of people. It was very unjust. It was it's all okay that. to say that it yeah, has but, had a positive but it did. Um, you, you know, in the long run, it ended up being a very positive for my life because I don't think without that, I don't think I ever would have moved to Las Vegas. I think I probably just would have um, stayed in Minnesota, played online poker, you know, whatever. And I think moving to Las Vegas was, uh, you know, the best thing that ever happened to myself, and my family. I just, I think I was living in like a small town, in Minnesota. Um, I didn't really realize that I was suffocating, but I feel like I was suffocating as a person in las vegas just kind of this like whole new world it's sunny i'm not buried in snow for eight months out of the year um i just feel like i have more privacy it's like you know i just every i love everything about man i'm like living i don't want to be that person but i i really love my life right now it's okay so to I be happy yeah I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything being depressed is very in but it's okay <laughs> it's okay to be happy and enjoy your life yeah. that's one of the things i love about hanging out with you you're a very happy person you're a lot of fun to be around you are happily married yeah happily no, a mom and like, all- my marriage is the thing that i'm like the most proud of you know I, I that's like the thing in my life that i'm i think that i legitimately genuinely have you know the best marriage of anybody I know, but I will say that's not without work. You know, my husband and I, we got married when we were 21. A lot of Charlie horses. Way too fucking early to get married. (laughs) Nobody should ever be married at 21. We'll both say that. So we really had to work at it, but that's kind of what makes it, um, you know, even more meaningful is that we dug in and worked our asses off. Now we're just kind of enjoying the fruits of our labor, you know? Let's play a little dumb game here and then you get back to your room and take a little nap. I think I assumed that your name is Danielle Moon, which it used to be. It used to be. My main name was Moon. Okay, so it's not a made-up nickname, D-Moon No, Girl. when I made my online screen name, I put literally 10 seconds of thought to it, you know, because it was, you know, back when I was doing, like, Play Money. And was, at that time, I, you know, I was Moon, and it was, like, D-Moon Girl, and I'm glad I didn't pick something super stupid, because it kind of stuck, so. Yeah, I did. It worked I, out, but now I'm just Anderson, one. and that's just boring as hell, right. so. If you're going to call yourself D-Moon Girl, you must, you must know a lot of stuff about Moons, right? Oh, my God, don't do this. Oh, tons I'm, this I'm going to do something so embarrassing. Trivia. I don't know shit. This game is going to test that knowledge. No. It's called called High Moon. It's a play on the movie, not the fact weed is readily available here and and very, very legal. God, I'm like the worst at science. It's going to expose me for the fraud that I am. So 
Poker players are always terrible at these games. Just wait. Because I just wait. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? What celestial body is 238,900 miles from Earth? The moon. The moon. That's correct. You're on the board. <laughs> See? You're on the board. The second right. full moon in a calendar month is known as... A full moon? That's a, the, se the second full the moon. The second full moon? A once in a... Blue moon. Blue moon. There we go. All right. I'm going to... Right there. The Moonies is a term for the followers of which man? The man of the moon. Not the man of the moon. We're oh. looking for Reverend Sun Young Moon, the Moonie. What horrific American treat consists of two graham crackers dipped in the chocolate surrounding marshmallow? Uh, a moon pie. Moon pie. Yes. Danielle, who recently stepped down as CEO of CBS amidst allegations of sexual misconduct? Richard Moon. Richard Moon is incorrect. <laughs> we were looking for Les Moonves. Les Moonves. Last question. Dick here. Moon might have been. Dick Moon good... would have been a good one. <laughs> Last question here. I don't want to let put you out of your misery. <laughs> Which of these moon puns tickles me the most? Is it A, Moon T Python's Flying Circus? B. The Moonchairian Candidate, C, Hannah Montana, or D, the moon who went up a moon but came down a mountain. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana is correct. You would have <laughs> thought it was the really long, terrible, painful one, but no, it's Hannah Montana. When you don't know, you go C, right? Exactly. I don't like, I just, there's something about that that tickles me. Daniel Anderson, you tickle me. Not distance. in the literal sense. Okay. Danielle, get back to bed. Thanks so much for being with us. And uh, I'll see you at karaoke tonight. All right. Thanks for having me. Poker in the ears. So before this week's Superfan versus Stapes segment of the show, let's just recap what happened on Monday night with the uh, Poker in the Ears Platinum Pass Free Roll League. Game three is now in the books. So three down, Joe. Five to go. The updated leaderboard has been published. Best place to go is the PokerStars blog, because wherever you are in the world, you will be able to reference the leaderboard on the blog. I can confirm that the uh, current person in number one place is Orlova1996, who has taken 20 bounties, who has knocked out 20 players, and is currently in contention for the uh, Platinum Pass. But... I imagine that will change with five games still to play. I'm finally on the leaderboard, by the way, with yeah, four I know. KOs. Wow, you're excited about that. 237th place, well off winning even a PCA satellite <laughs> ticket, but I don't care. Um, should point out that our guest, Fatima Demelo, put in a very strong performance, five KOs. So Fatima's already eligible for the second chance all-in shootout, which is going to be held at the end of November. Um when I achieved my first knockout, by the way, I think it's fair to say that I behaved like I just won an EPT. Have you ever <laughs> seen a man so happy to win 22 cents? I would have been happy because I still have none. Just wait. Just wait till I get my first knockout. Yeah. And also, um, you couldn't exactly criticize because if we're going to talk about overreactions, how ridiculously hyper were you to make the final table of a play money tournament? Look, you gotta you look. You gotta put, take it all seriously. 
you know, play it all like it's it's for the for the for the whole enchilada all the time. <laughs> um, we did enjoy your trolling of the poor room service staff at the pepper mill, by the way. I think that may well have been the highlight of Monday night. I think I genuinely made that dude uncomfortable. I don't know if you heard what he asked me afterward. He goes, "Was that a joke, or do you have like OCD that you need to see the juice oh, squeeze?" Wow. Is what he asked me when he was, and he was sweating profusely from his brow. I think I made him really weirded out fantastic that's all what we want to hear uh, <laughs> i know we keep saying this but it is true you can still get involved because i do think that it's possible for someone to come in not even halfway through this and potentially still win that platinum pass remember it's the number of ko's you achieve across all of the free rolls across this eight game series uh, all the details are in episode 128 of the podcast if you listen to all of this episode, you will get the star code that will issue a ticket to Game 4, a $500 progressive KO free roll on Monday, the 29th of October. There will also be $50 bounties on Joe Stapleton, because Joe will be back in the UK, so he's able to yeah. play. J. Hartigan and Xflix, because Felix Schneiders will be guesting on the stream, and that means he will also be a guest $50 bounty in the free roll. The stream goes live at 8.30 Central European time on Monday at twitch.tv slash pokerstars. And by watching the stream just about three or four minutes before the free roll starts, we will reveal the password that you'll need to register as well. Plus, there'll be more side events Real money side events this time because Joe will be able to play at the cash tables. He'll be able to play in the 10 and a bit dollar turbo and the $1 warm up that will start the stream. Join the Poker in the Years Home Game Club by using the club ID 2153820 and by using the invitation code Hello My Babies. Joe, let us step into our time machine and rewind the clock seven days to when we spoke to this week's superfan. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So please welcome to Poker in the Ears, Christian Toms. Greetings, Christian. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Thank you very much. Christian, great to finally have you on the show. I recognize the name. You've been around for a while. A little while, yeah, a little while. I've been enjoying your work. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I have to say that, uh, so why did you choose Highlander? Just a huge fan since I was a real young kid. Got quite obsessed with it. Even got a replica sword, which we'll <laughs> leave that to one side. Um, this <laughs> strikes me as one of those classic examples of a movie you fell in love with as a kid when you first saw it during the 1980s. I think, Joe, you're going to have a very different experience coming to that movie in the year 2018 as an adult. It's horrible. <laughs> it's re it's really really bad. Like it's it is. Patrick I, loved it. <laughs> I don't understand. Patrick is fired again. First of all, <laughs> I don't understand how Patrick could have loved it. This movie is so weird. I I gave it a shot. Like the first scene, I was like, "This is interesting." Do you do you remember the movie at all? I do remember the movie very well. So he's like in Madison Square Garden, right? And he's watching the wrestling match, and he's. I'm like, this is different and interesting. And then he goes to the parking garage and there's this mysterious, but first of all, what I, one of the things I love about this movie and all movies from the eighties and nineties to a certain extent was people who knew nothing about sword fighting, making movies about sword fighting. Like these sword fights are awful. Like they're really bad. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like in the late nineties, all of a sudden you got people that like actually had studied sword fighting becoming fight choreographers but these are just two guys who are very clearly not trying to hurt each other <laughs> swinging swords at each other 
And then there's just so this this plot is ridiculous. Like uh, they would literally make a movie of anything, I guess, in the eighties. The the pitch for this must have been amazing. So to, you, the story itself is is weird, but then you say, right, so to play the hero, a Scotsman, we've cast this French actor, Christophe Lambert, and then we've got a Scotsman who can't do any other accents to play this kind of Spanish dude. I mean, how did anyone green light this? Well, it's even better. It's a Scotsman pretending to be a Spaniard who's actually Egyptian. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's it's the one thing I remember about this movie. And the one thing I like about this movie is is the music, the songs. Like you Queen, know, yes, yes, it's Queen a kind of magic. Fantastic, or, yeah. And uh, yeah, who yeah. wants to live forever? The soundtrack they did for the movie. Yes, the, uh, and the very first song is like, oh, this is fucking Queen. This is great. Um, just the plot makes no sense. So there's these <laughs> immortals, and there can only be one. But then, when are the new immortals born? Like Christopher, one guy's been around for five thousand years. Don't start asking questions that the movie can't possibly <laughs> answer. And you're gonna ruin it for me, Joe. Don't but ruin sometimes it for they're me. friends, and other times they want to kill it. Like it just this is fucking stupid. And the and there's no arc at all to the story. It's. Here's the story. This guy wants to kill you. He finds you, and he he does not succeed. Like it's oh, very spoiler alert. <laughs> um, more on Highlander in a moment when we get okay. to Patrick's questions. Christian, tell us all about yourself. Uh, not much to tell. I'm actually a lawyer, so I spend a lot of my time oh, shuffling cool. paper from one side of the desk to the other side of the desk. But a big poker fan, uh, doing a bit more seriously the past couple of years, sort of studying and, and trying to grind up. But yeah, it's still still more of a hobby at the moment. What kind of studying have you been doing? Where do people go these days to kind of learn stuff and get better? Is it videos? Is it books? Is it just watching streams? Yeah, it's, it's a mixture, actually. So starting out with the books, then sort of got into the streams a bit more now, um, and obviously use YouTube videos, but also just a couple of the online courses you can get for. You yeah. know, I mean, the upswing is obviously quite expensive. I haven't quite gone there yet, but other the cheaper courses, you know, the micro grinders, that kind of thing. So there's lots of options. As you say, it's loads of stuff out there. It's pretty great. And do you genuinely feel that you've got better? That Are you seeing a, a direct impact on your results? A little bit better. I think I'm, I'm probably still a break-even. Um, I'd like to think I'm a little bit better than that, but I'm Sick trying to be Greg, realistic. break-even player. My <laughs> God, what a dream that would be for me. <laughs> My graph is going up a little bit, so that's what I'm holding to, clinging to it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you can have a hobby where you're actually breaking even, it's not costing you money, that's still a win. Yeah, that's fantastic. I like to think that... Whatever Christian's losses are at the poker table, he just comes up with like one or two more billable hours <laughs> at work that week. He's like, "Well, I did have to uh, reread this brief, so I uh, turns out I did break even this week." Absolutely, and it gets gets past to wash my cheese as well if I'm not actually losing money. Oh yeah, no, that's a that's an easier sell for sure. Okay, so you know the deal, Christian. Um, yeah. For coming on the show, you are going to get some uh, PokerStar swag. But if you can defeat Joe at this trivia quiz about the movie Highlander, you will receive, in addition to that, a $55 PCA satellite ticket. I'm just trying to quickly glance at these and see if there's any kind of handicapping. I don't think there is, actually. Do, I have a question about Highlander for Christian really quick. Uh, do the movies get any better? No. And how in the world do they not replace... I, it was back in the day before I think they realized you could just replace actors in movies or write <laughs> them out because Christopher Lambert is in all of them, right? Apart from the last one. He gets killed off in the fourth one. 
but he's not in the last one. More spoiler oh, alerts. Shit. I'm so sorry for all those <laughs> people who hadn't yet gotten around to watching Highlander. Um, yeah. So let's just go back to the old pick a number between one and ten. Uh, multiple choice options are available if you need them. Uh, would you like to go first or second? It's a long time since I've given the superfan that option, Christian. I think, Joe, by all means, take it away. Okay, Joe, you get to pick first, seeing as you spend most weeks whining about the fact that you didn't get to pick the question <laughs> no, that no, you wanted. No, 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 no. I don't, I just whine about getting unlucky. Okay. I don't care. It's never been anyone's fault. Uh, but w people usually start with question three, and I always know the one that people start with. So I'm going to go with question three. Okay, most people actually start with seven, but we'll start with question three. <laughs> uh, what are the names of the two Englishmen in the scene in 1783 where Connor is repeatedly killed in a drunken sword fight? I'll take the choices. <laughs> is it Smith and Kenderley, Howell and Garfield, Bassett and Hotchkiss, Stevens and Cassidy? Stevens and Cassidy. It's not. It was Bassett and Hotchkiss. Uh, would you have known that, Christian? I would have guessed it. I would have guessed right, but only on the multiple choice. That was tough. Okay, that was a tough one. Um, so, take a question between one and ten, please, Christian. Always come in seven. What nationality is Christophe Lambert? He's. Oh, I think he's French Canadian. French is what I have here, and you said the word <laughs> French, so I'll give you the two points. Unbelievable! I tried to help you. I tried to say it. people always go for number seven. Yes, but I already said three. I fucking run so bad at this. Uh, try another question, Joe. Number six. Try another six. question. Number question six. six. Six, you say. Uh, which band features on the soundtrack? Queen! <laughs> well done. It's a tight game. Woo! Two points all. Christian, where would you like to go on the board? Ooh, uh, I'll go with number nine, because that's Joe's lucky number, I think. Question number <laughs> nine. Oh, the irony is you've already given me the answer to this question during our pre-run uh, pre conversation. What is Ramirez's true nationality? Egyptian. He is Egyptian for two points. <laughs> Joe. Uh, question eight. Question number eight. Where was Connor born? And I need you to be specific. Don't say Scotland. <laughs> Don't say the Highlands. He was born in... Uh, Come on, Joe. The, can I take the choices? You can take the choices for one point. Inverness, Malag, Glencoe, or Glenfinnan? Glenfinnan. Glenfinnan for one point. Woo! <laughs> uh, wait, on the shores of where, Joe? <laughs> on the shores of... Time. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Uh, okay. Christian, your question, I believe. Uh, number five, is that still available? Number five is available. What year was Connor born? Ooh, I always get this wrong. I'm going to go with 1518. 1518 for two points. Wow. Would you have known that one? I knew it was 15. Were they all 15 choices? No, they weren't all 15 choices, so the multiple choice options would have helped you. Uh, Joe, I believe it is your penultimate question. Then give me the question 10. Question number 10. Which identity is Connor using when he finally defeats the Kurgan? Uh, damn it, I should know this, but I'll take the choices. Connor McLeod, Russell Nash, Adrian Montague, Rupert Wellingford. Russell Nash. He is Russell Nash for one point. Uh, questions one, two, and four are still available, Christian. 
can be only one. <laughs> there can be only one. Uh, when Ramirez first meets Connor, Connor is struck by lightning. What does Ramirez describe this sensation as? The quickening. It is the quickening for two points. Oh, damn it, that one I would have known. Uh, Joe, two or four? Uh, fuck. Uh, four, because it rhymes with... Which country are the Kurgans <laughs> originally from? Kurgans. Which country are the Kurgans originally from? Uh, I'll take the choices. Russia, Poland, Japan, or Germany? Russia. Correct, for one point. <laughs> well done. Final question. Question number two for you, Christian. Who spares Connor's life when the village want to burn him? Uh, it's his cousin. It's... Oh, I don't think it's... It's not Dougal. It's the other one. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Dougal. I think it's wrong. It's not Dougal, Joe. You can steal because the options uh, haven't gone. What's the score right now? Uh, the score is 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 there. So I would say <laughs> guess. Guess without the choices. Guess without the choices. So obviously Christian went for Dougal. Think of another really cliched Scottish name. Angus. Correct, for two points, <laughs> which means that you only lose by one point. Yay! <laughs> the final score is eight to Christian, seven to Joe. Uh, congratulations, Christian. You are the winner of this week's edition of Superfan versus Stapes. So you will get a $55 PCA satellite ticket plus some PokerStars merch. Um, Here's the awesome. tiebreaker. Let's just see if you can nail this. There's no prize in it, but just for personal pride. How many miles is it between Glenfinnan, where Connor was born, and New York City, where Russell Nash lives? Ooh. 3,000. What would you have gone for, Joe? 4,900. In which case, you would have won on the tiebreaker, Christian. 3,166 wow. miles. You were very, very close there. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, and congratulations. What? Thank you very much. Good work, homie. Good luck with the poker. All right, my babies. We're almost out of time for this week's episode. Next time, I'll be able to tell whatever few last drops of squeeze story I have left. <laughs> From Reno, uh, I'll be back in London with James. What is up with super fans? What am I? What am I forced to watch this week? Okay, so we are lining up the super fans to answer questions about those five movies that we set as subjects last week. But before we get to that, next week's super fan is going to be answering questions about Alan Partridge. He was inspired by a Partridge quote that I did on the stream a couple of weeks back. So Alan Partridge will be the subject. So consume as much partridge as you can in the which, next seven days so, wait all alan partridge seasons one and two of the tv show i'm alan partridge is probably what most of the questions will be based on okay i'm alan partridge and then after that we'll talk it'll all be those taking us pretty much to the end of the year it'll be the five movies that you need to see before you turn 44 how i'm going to do it by the way i feel in all reality that it would be um denying patrick the right to see great movies if I didn't get him to work on this as well. So I've said to Patrick, watch the five films, do the questions. I will go over them. I have said, please don't pull your punches. No softballs, because I expect Joe and the superfan to have watched the movie just before taking part in the quiz. So please make it 
a fair fight, good questions. And as I said, I will verify those questions before we have the quiz. Um, next week, the subject of the podcast, as well as a few last minute anecdotes from Reno, it's going to be our first PCA main event TV recap. We're going to break down the first three PCA main event shows, and we hopefully will be joined by Mo the Destroyer, the Canadian qualifier, who was the star of episode two. Excellent. Cool. Looking forward to it. Hopefully he'll have a phone service wherever he's at. Uh, I'm going to a sexy Halloween party this weekend. Maybe I can talk about that. Not sure. My girlfriend has some cool connections in LA. We'll see. Maybe there'll be a story I can tell. Hopefully not. We will see. Just before you sign off, Joe, very quick PSA. When you get the free roll password on Monday night, add Joe's age. Two digits. Thank you. All right, subscribe, like, comment, use the hashtag poker in the ears. Join us on Monday night for our Platinum Pass pre-roll. And uh, that's it, guys. We are all out of time for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.